1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 168 of the 77 Club. I'm going to ask Harry for the socials and hopefully we get the right answer. Uh, Harry, start with the socials. Yeah, um, the Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And just, sorry, we never usually do this, but Lucky Harpoon Sam is just putting the comments. Will you bring back the intro music? Will we have just heard it, the big long intro? There you go, I'll put it in, put it in <laughs> for you, Lucy. Um, just for a little bit of context, uh, Harry has been playing poker with the stars quite literally, I think, haven't you, Harry? You've been playing poker with the true Geordie, who is a wicked yeah. YouTuber. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not laughing. He is good. Uh, yeah, mate. I'm obviously I've just got back, so I'm a bit ropey, but we'll we'll pull through. Hello, Jack and Dan. We'll get through it together. Um, slightly more, less worse for wear. Um, is Dan Bayliss? Hello. Um, it's really impressive that um, you've turned those blue little paint samples into that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a work of art, isn't it? I've had the uh, I've had the crayons out all weekend, and uh, I just finished it actually. So try not to smudge it. So uh, Jack Williams is here. It's even more impressive that you turned up this week, Dan, isn't it, actually? <laughs> yeah, nearly nearly dissolved the podcast last week. Hello, it was, everybody. It was pandemonium. Um, right, okay, well, let's start with Leeds. Jack, I'm going to start with you just to give Harry a little bit of break and just so he can sip his Heineken a little bit more after saying he was never drinking again. Because uh, you went to Ellen Road. Was it the first time you've been to Ellen Road? No. Been before? <laughs> yeah. Second time? <laughs> Third or fourth, I think, probably ha- over the years. Um, <laughs> well, how um, was it? It was... It was a good day, actually. Leeds is a is a good city. To be fair, it's uh, one we should probably do for a night out at some point. It's uh, lively. Um, in terms of the yeah, got the train up from London. Um, yeah, good good day, really. Good day. Some good pubs around there. Found a good nice little pub in one of the back streets, which was really nice. Um, and the game was, you know, um, a bit of a mixed bag, really. It wasn't the most exciting game ever, let's be honest. Uh, but we thought for a for a vast majority of the game, particularly after it got into the latter stages, and it was still we were still one 0 up after mm. Wang's goal, that we were going to hold on really. And it's just unfortunate that we gave away a penalty, which looking back was a, a bit soft. But it's one of these things really. I wasn't too disappointed walking away from the ground because it's a tough place to go. Their fans, you've got to give it to them. They are good. They are loud. They make it hostile. They stayed with them to the end. 
Um, and it's not a bad point, really. Uh, and on the balance of play, they probably deserved it because they did absolutely go for us in the last 20 minutes. And it's our own fault for sitting too deep, really. And if you're going to say you could either concede the last goal against Leeds or score a last minute winner against Villa, I'd take the Villa one all the time. So not too disappointed overall. Um, Harry, let's have a look at the starting lineup. Siren goal, Kilman, Cody, Say, Samada, Dendonka, Matinho, Nori, Traore, Huang, and Jimenez. So no place for Neves, no place for Marcel either. We sort of thought we'd saw the one come in, but maybe not Neves. I think that was the one that probably surprised you the most. Yeah, definitely. I, I was shocked by that. I don't know if it's um, a fitness thing or I don't know if it was tactical, but we mentioned last week Neves should be the first man on the team sheet for me, especially in midfield. So I was shocked at that. And I also thought on the day, Matinho and um, Dead Donker weren't that good either. So especially towards the end of the game as well, like last 20 minutes, as you mentioned, has Leeds come on to us. So... Yeah, the team lineup. I was glad Aiton Nori come in because he was brilliant. I thought he was a breath of fresh air in that left wing wing back position. Sorry, I'm really struggling to get all words out here. But he was like really skillful, flying forward, very positive. Did okay defensively too. And I was really impressed with him. So in that change, it was good. You're doing much better than I thought you would be. So <laughs> stick at it. You do look like you've been pissed for the last uh, day and a half. There, Harry. His, <laughs> like, listen on the podcast. He's got his hood up with his headphones over his hood. Um, but I saw a stat. Um, no player in European football is more successful at stopping attempted dribblers than Nelson Semedo. It's 82% this season. Then I've got to go over to the wingback correspondent to get his views. I said it immediately. It's because they pass round him. He's never in the right position to tackle many people. I bet he's had hardly any people try and go past him. No, but it's because stopping, he's always in the wrong stopping attempted yeah, dribblers. That's what I'm saying. No. So no one dribbles at him because they know he gets in the wrong position. You can pass round him in triangles. You get, it happens every week. They they did him all ends up for the penalty. They say it's, he is not good enough. Nowhere near good enough. The one thing and that's not even the point I wanted to get to. I wanted to oh. talk about completely other things about the Leeds game. I didn't even want to discuss the penalty. I think the reason the penalty came, as much as it was a terrible decision, touch anybody in the box, they're going to go down. It's moronic to do what he did. But to invite Leeds on for 20 minutes was so stupid. Mm. You've got 40,000 thick northerners. They're all going to get behind them. (laughs) I actually quite like Leeds. My very good friend, Soft Hands. At least you don't like anything. I do like, I love Leeds. It's a great city. Northerners. He's got forty thousand thick Northerners. But they're all going to go nuts, aren't they? They're all going to. They're all willing that ball into the goal, and eventually they got it in the last second, thanks to a piece of idiocy. So we got what we deserved, really. I think the kid that came on for them was fantastic. He knew just what to do. Just as we were getting tired, and we let him come on to us, he knew to just drive drive at the Wolves' defence because he knows it's not very good. And they got their reward in the end, and it was thanks to mm. the classic. Oh, Samedo makes a mistake. And everyone said, oh, the goal, he was absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. To be perfectly honest, the guy made a bit of a fluff of it and he got his toe there in front and then did the right thing, got around the back and pulled it back for a goal. Like, <laughs> exactly what he should do. That is what he should have done 20 to 30 times this season and won us 8 to 10 goals. And he's done it once. Hmm. So I the one it... thing that Matt Doherty did do and did it quite successfully quite a lot You've all gone and gone, oh, Semedo, brilliant. Oh, I love you. It's what Doherty did every week for Wolves. Every week. Give away penalties in the last minute. Well, yeah, that as well. (laughs) But uh, it's a bit, with the penalty though, I've watched it back. At the time, from where I was stood, I did think, I was like, you know, when you've got your sort of 
uh, grit your teeth as soon as you see it. You're like, oh shit, that looks like a penalty. Mm. Watching it back though, it's soft and just go down. The thing I've got a bit of sympathy for is the fact that Tomatoes then has to play on the wrong side, doesn't he? Because Aitner has gone off. I think Aitner, problem, I thought, was yeah. really good, by the way. Uh, but I think there's questions about his fitness and whether he can actually last a full 90 minutes at the moment. And what happened to Marcel? I assume he's injured. Like, um, yeah, like it rained the other I'm week. Guessing. Like, <laughs> so if I don't know how bad it is, I haven't heard anything about it really, or whether he'll be back soon. But I thought Aitner did well. It's just, like I say, questions about his fitness. And then Samedo's been asked to play on the wrong side when we're really under the cosh and tired legs. And, you know, he's just gone and bought the foul. And he should have let that lad shoot because he although he came on and ran well he couldn't really finish could he because he had that one that it's um so i've made a great save with so it's it was, it's unfortunate but i'm not too disheartened over or disheartened overall the issue wasn't as much the penalty even though it's a really stupid like if you touch in on the box in this league when both of you are facing goal they are going to go down but the, the stupid thing was just letting them come at us and at us and at us we looked like conceding for 20 minutes so when we did you can't really complain about it can you even though it was a bit of a soft penalty, I don't think anyone can moan about the penalty itself. I mean, Leeds fans were all kicking off that, what was it? All sorts of nonsense. That Raul was play-acting and that, wasn't it? They were annoyed at that. I, that do yeah. you know what? If Diego Costa had been Raul, Leeds would have played with 10. Because he'd have had Rafinha sent off. He stamped down the back of his leg. Absolutely. If you watched that on VAR, and were one of those stupid refs in the VAR box in Stockley Park, and Raul was in four barrel rolls and a triple splits it'd have been a red card yeah it would have been a red card what about the Sace one though because they were all up in arms about the Sace one as well weren't they as an accident I thought yeah well yeah he, he, just, he, just he comes like, in and hits it with his hand didn't he but... yeah like he kind of misjudged it and then accidentally spun his ankle into a cob's web but I think it was an accident he has a mistake every game though, didn't he? that's a problem with Sace we had so many buckets on today didn't we Samedo has five and you all still back him I'm not, buying the, I'm not buying the Samedo thing because I thought overall he had an all right game and then he was asked to play on the wrong side and gave, gave away a penalty. But it, like, I agree with you in the fact it's what we deserved because we were just decided to, particularly the last 20 minutes, just sit back and try and see it out rather than playing Bruno ball. I just or whatever don't get what we tried to, to do. Surely you pa- if you want to hold out a game, you pack the middle and try and keep the ball. And we did the opposite. Yeah. It, was disappointing. Well. it was disappointing as well because mm. they had so many injuries leads, which we discussed last week. They only had Rafinha really out their star players and it was two points dropped wasn't it especially the way we started going one nil up so early I think you talk about game changes though and like we, we didn't have one because they did and Geldhart Harry I thought was absolutely phenomenal when he came out on but I think he will be a, a teenage sensation based on that performance it, you know he completely turned the game on its head yeah definitely I'd never heard of the kid to be honest and he was right. just so positive and that one as well when Saar pulled off a great save that one shot he had tipped over the bar. And then as Bayliss mentioned, he just ran through. I mean, obviously, Samedo was the final nail in the coffin by bringing him down by a clumsy tackle, but he ran past about four players before him as well. So you've got to point the finger at them too. And uh, fair play to the kid. He got him a point and uh, I think he's a future star, to be honest. Really good player. Great point on Saar, because we've got a stat here from the other 14, so best of the rest outside of the top six, and it's save percentages, season two, game week nine. Saar has 27 saves, nine goals against, and a save percentage of 75%. He is top, yeah, and to be fair, he's conceded the fewest goals in there, um, even though you've got Batman and Darlow at Watford and Newcastle, respectively, with six and eight, but um, they haven't played as many games. So, you know... huge asset and I, I was one of the people that questioned him when he came in and getting rid of Patricio and I, I thought it was the wrong decision but I think you've got to say haven't you Jack he's been phenomenal 
ever since he came in. <laughs> it's yeah, he's actually brilliant, to be fair. And I think he actually thinking about it so far, he could well be our player of the season so far. And he's just come and taken that role and just fit fit into it immediately. Really, there's been no adjustment. He looks like he's uh, just straight in and just settled in the in the Premier League really well. Great shot stopper, great shot stopper, and you know arguably commands his mm. box a bit better than Patricio as well. How he doesn't get in the uh, Portugal team? I, I matter don't know, of time, really. isn't it? I would have thought. You think so? If he's playing in the Premier League, that's probably why he wanted to move himself, really, because if suddenly if you're doing this in the Premier League, people pay more attention than if you do it in the Greek League. So you'd think so, but I think he's uh, definitely one of the biggest positives of this season so far. He's no, I love the bloke. He's great. Bayless, bring you in there. Did you want to say something there? Um, yeah, I do agree. Um, I think he's been absolutely superb. I can't name many times he's made a mistake yet, if any. Um, I think there was one with his feet, wasn't there? United. Yeah, the Greenwood one, remember that? Um, but and probably the goal against Newcastle where he should have stayed down and done 20 front flips, but um, <laughs> shit asked it, shit asked it. Yeah, he should have. Mm. But yeah. the point Jack made that I wanted to comment on was that if a goalkeeper's player of the season, god, you've had a bad season. Can we stop doing this uh routine as well from goal kicks? I do not understand it, and the amount we give away the ball is absolutely atrocious. Play out from the back, you mean? Yeah, yeah they, so they try to get short, all the good just teams try and do that now, don't they? So, yeah. you know. I agree with Martin Webb there. I think Kilman's been the best player. Kilman's been great as well, yeah. That's, I, I agree. It's been very good. Um, uh, Hungry Like the Wolf says, Geldhart reminded me of a young Wayne R. I don't think he's... I think he's better than Wayne Routledge, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> might, might mean Wayne Rooney there. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, we're happy with a point, I would say. Uh, you know, Leeds are a little bit further down the league than you expect them to be. But the table is starting to take shape a little bit, I think. Uh, you know, nine games in, it's usually 10 where you go, oh, that's probably going to be there or thereabouts. Would you say, Harry? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely starting to make sure. And I, I, we said after the first three games, I knew we'd be fine. And we'd take mid-table. We're sitting there right now. But on another day, you hold out and we could have been, what, fifth? So it's just so mm. tight, isn't it? So, yeah, we're, we're on track at the moment, even though looking at social media... You'd think it, the world was ending after that draw Saturday. People were crazy. Happy. Yeah, it didn't so get that at all. So I'm That's pretty weird. content to how it's going at the moment, to be honest. That's weird because, like, walking away from the ground, I didn't get that. I know I wasn't really on Twitter, but obviously, if you look reading through that after the game, I I thought everyone was fairly, you know, oh, you know, it's not a bad point overall. We probably what we deserved, really. I think we'd have, it would have been a bit unfair on them if we'd taken all three. And Overall, like if you think the first three games were really difficult, and obviously we had no points from those, but arguably we should have got at least one or two points. Mm-hmm. And since then, next six, have we got like four wins and a draw? That's really good. Like, so you've got to look at the bigger picture a little bit, really. If we do that again in the next six games, we'll suddenly be like sixth in the league, probably. So just get tough over Christmas, in all fairness. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. But then that's why we need to get the points on the board now, really, to give us that free hit. And also, with the way that our team seems to rise to these occasions of playing difficult fixtures, then who says we can't go and get something? So um, let's see, really. But overall, I think when you think about Bruno Large and he was brought in, you know, relatively unknown, some people didn't want him. And then ultimately, really not backed in the way that he should have been as a new manager coming in. And we're going to have real problems probably in January with the Cup of Nations and everything. He's done really well, I think. You can't really rate him less than a 7 out of 10 so far. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with it overall. But obviously, that could change if we lose on Monday. Who knows? But we're fickle. Very, very fickle, yeah. Um, would you say there's a man of the match in there, Harry? I'm going to give it to the goal scorer, Wang Hee Chan. I thought he had a really good game up front. I'll go with him. 
got to put some Korean in YouTube vids as well, didn't you? So, you know, that's yeah, always a bonus. like hell. Because I think because they equalised, even though he scored, the Koreans weren't uh, having any They weren't biting. Oh, they weren't, no. Are they fickle it's as well? Right. They only care if they win. Yeah, it's all right. That's gonna, North uh, Korea, isn't it? Bait, <laughs> uh, they just say that they win, regardless I'm of the bait, uh, True Geordie's name for my next video. So let's try and make Good it. Good man. Free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got to make, make hay while the sun shines. Uh, Jack, is there a man the match? Yeah, as you guys saw. Good call. Um, Bayless? Yeah, it's 2 1 leads. With, I know I've just given a stick to keepers getting accolades, but it would have been a Leeds win without Saw. Perfect. Okay, um, let's move on to uh, next game of the Premier League. Our weekend cannot be ruined. It's Monday night. It's under the lights at Molyneux against Everton. Uh, if you want to go and check out the away perspective with Matt Jones at the Blue Room, you can do that on YouTube. Otherwise, if you are listening to the podcast, here is your away perspective. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Joining by Matt from the Blue Room. It is at Blue Room EFC on Twitter. Matt, how is it going? Not too bad, mate. Still waking up in cold sweats about the final 12 minutes on, on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. But um, other than that, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, just before we get into sort of the specifics football-wise, I uh, just want to start with Walter Smith, obviously, sadly, passed away this week. Um, you said before recording, you know, a little bit before your time, but, I mean, held in fairly high regard with Everton fans. Yeah, I think you can you can see in, in some of the tributes that have come over the last few days that he was a man of great class. And I think in, in around Everton at that time, when there was so much instability off the pitch, when the team were really struggling on it, to maintain that dignity and maintain that class is, is no mean feat. And you look at when he came in, obviously he had a pretty difficult job to do. Howard Kendall had just been at the club for the third time. Um, Everton nearly went down the last day of the season, the campaign before, but managed to stay up by the, the skin of the teeth thanks to a draw against Coventry. And he had a, a pretty rotten squad to, to cope with. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be revisionist and say he played great expansive football and Everton were marvellous under him because there was, there was some games. I remember my dad coming home <laughs> from the match a lot of the time and, and being in disbelief at the style of football. and and playing six centre backs and stuff like that, but um, but he, he had he had a tough he had a tough arm dealt with him at Everton, and he, he managed to, to get through it, and and not necessarily, you know, um, lay the foundations for David Moyes to come in after him, but certainly started instilling the right ethics and the right sort of um, beliefs into into the players at Everton Football Club that Moyes was was eventually able to build on. Because uh, of course, Duncan Ferguson pretty much sold behind his back, uh, cult hero for the Toffees. Um, but one of the players that he did bring in was Gaza, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't quite the the same incarnation as, as Gaza as as people might remember. Um, he also signed David Ginola, um as well, who didn't do much at Goodison Park. But you know, I think that the one the one player that that was amazingly brought in was Kevin Campbell, who effectively came in for the second half of. Of one of the campaigns and and dragged Everton up single handedly. Obviously, Campbell then scored the the winning goal in Everton's last win at Anfield in front of fans, which was back in nineteen ninety nine. So there were some good moments in there as well. He did make some some good signings, but um, it has been, you know, like you said, it's probably a little bit before my time. And I think it's it's sort of been enlightening and eye opening for me this week to read some of the, the tributes about him and some of the things that people who covered Everton and knew Walter mm -hmm. really thought of him and. So certainly made me think of him in, in a different light. But yeah, certainly a tough week for, for the football club. But, but lovely to see all those nice things being said about um, a man of great class. 
Uh, I suppose it will um, lift the, the Everton fans ahead of Monday's game under the lights at Molyneux. Um, the stats don't look too good from a Wolves perspective, Matt. We were just going on the, over them before we started recording. Uh, Wolves have won just one of their last six home Premier League games against Everton. That's three draws, two defeats. It was a 3-0 victory in July last year, which would have been behind closed doors. Um, what's your feeling ahead of this one? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've got no idea. <laughs> After your five-two um, against Watford, <laughs> do you know what? Like, it, it, I'm sure you've had these results in the past, but it's no, that, no. Like, it, was, it was the sort of game, <laughs> it's the sort of game, and the sort of spell of football that makes you just like throw away everything you thought you knew about, mm-hmm. you know, what you accumulated and learned from this team so, so far this yeah. season. Because Everton have been all right up until minute 78 on Saturday and I mean that across the course of the whole season and they had a bit of a meltdown against Aston Villa but they had so many players out it was it, well I thought it was ridiculous until we got to the situation within now with injuries and everyone sort of went well yeah you know it happens Villa are a, a, you know, a decent side we, we had no players we lost against West Ham the week before who, who were a really good side with a, definitely the best team ever to have played this season and I think you can see how well David Moyes is doing down there Makes your um, heart filled with joy. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure I'm, I'm ready for the, the more you silverware beneath Ed's bottom half <laughs> finish with Everton this season. Um, already strapped in for that, but um, but I think everyone was like keeping pretty level headed about about it all. You know, you know, defeats happen, and we didn't spend any money in the summer. We got loads of players out injured, <laughs> and and then even at the weekend, you get to you get two one up, and you think right, but Charles has come on and bailed us out here, and you know we've been about five out of ten, but we're playing against a pretty poor side. We're probably going to get over the line. And then, I mean, I don't know if I can swear on this or not. I've not been able to do you a can show. You swear as much as you like. I've not, I've, not done, I've not done a show this week about this game where I haven't swear, but it's just one of those where you're in the ground and you're going, fucking hell, what, what, is, <laughs> what is going on here? And like, I know that feeling. It's, yeah. it's, you know, Everton, Everton were winning that football match with 12 minutes to go. <laughs> and, and they come out of it where Josh King scored a hat-trick and they've lost 5-2. Against the team that got utterly legged last week by by Liverpool and looked like Josh one of the King, worst. of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it was just the, the way I've, I've never seen. I've seen a lot of things at Everton, but I've never seen a team in any in any football match I've ever watched meltdown quite like that. It was just ridiculous. You can see the set piece of two two, and then all of a sudden it's like everyone's just. The volumes and the intensity has mm-hmm. gone up on them all. And they just, from kickoff, they all leg it after the ball. There's a great still that's been doing the rounds on Everton Twitter this week of nine players in one of the corners after that. Um, Salomon Ronda loses the other. And then, and then Watford are in and, and everyone's melting down. But um, it, it, is a, it is a massive worry. And I think what it what it, what that game and that collapse sort of round home is the fact that while Everton have been able to get by at, at times the season without Calvert-Lewin, without Richarlison, without Decore, and without Mina, um, it was always going to come up and, and catch us out at some point. And mm. that was a, a big, massive slap in the face in those final 12 minutes. But, I mean, you could you could point a finger at any of them and I could I could go in on any of them on, on, on Sunday. All those 11 lads on the pitch and, and the manager were just shambolic, unprofessional. And, um, yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen on, on Monday? I've got no idea, no idea. <laughs> Well, there's there's one going stat going around. I think Wolves have won just one of the last ten Premier League home games on a Monday night. So there's six losses in there. I mean, that's a little bit of a silver lining for Everton fans, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, was was the last was the one on a Monday night last year? It was it was late on, wasn't it? I thought it was midweek. Um, Be- on that, but... Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you mentioned the fans going back into to Goodison last season um, when 
when we were allowed back in and said that the atmosphere was meant to be electric and it was all about the excitement to get back in the game. But it was just a load of Everton fans that were very, very angry that James Rodriguez had packed his bags and left. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that would be the game they'd get to see him in the flesh. <laughs> and um, the team was announced now before kickoff. And I, I was down there, I didn't go into the ground, I was down there doing some filming, but I remember just the, the, the mood just sort of switched instantly. <laughs> like, I mean, now, now he's gone, people people aren't as are so much, but um, it was sort of a running joke throughout the course of last season that you've got this, you know, at the start of the season, he was a world-class player, but certainly a formerly world-class player with amazing talent who has come to this football uh, club and none of us are ever going to see him. And we don't, we also do Everton like, have a thing about doing that to players like that? You, you take what should be a, a brilliant player and absolutely ruin them. That's that. I wouldn't say Everton ruined Rodriguez. It was more, it was more because he started so well and he came in and was fit that everyone sort of thought, "Oh my word, what have we got here?" And then across the course of the season, the reasons why he was at Everton became clear in regards to put blankly his fitness. He couldn't, he couldn't stay fit. He couldn't play mm-hmm. as many that many games in, in a row. And yeah, it was sort of a running theme throughout the course of last season. The we all joked about, oh, well, you know, we're not allowed in the stadium. We're never going to see this fella live. You know, classic Everton. And then as the season went on, it became You're like, oh, 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 oh actually, <laughs> actually, actually, actually this might happen. And then when Carlo Angelotti <laughs> left and Rafael Benitez came in, you know, going from his hero manager to his nemesis manager, it was like, oh, yeah, actually, actually, we're not. So, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not asked personally. It's, um, I just want to see the nah, team. Don't, don't well. let it affect you. Don't let it affect you. No, um, but um, yeah, just, just the absolute. Basket case of a football club, mate. Well, let's have a look at the players that managed to stay. <laughs> and um, let's have a look at your predicted 11 for Monday night. So, yeah, I reckon, well, I think after the 5-2 loss to a promoter side at home, you typically expect a load of changes. But Everton don't really have any other full-backs, don't really have any other centre-backs, any other midfielders or any other strikers at the moment. <laughs> you know, and that, that's through a combination of... Um, Injuries, like I said, you know, but Yeri Mean is going to miss the game, which is a massive blow because he's established himself comfortably as Everton's best centre back over the course of the last 18 months. The core, you know, I don't think it's mm. hyperbole to say he was one of the best midfielders in the league in the first few weeks of the season. He's, he's playing at a ridiculous yeah. level. And then Darman, you know, obviously top goal scorer last season, you're going to miss him. Um, so I think Richarlison might come back in. He obviously came off the bench. He didn't look quite fit against Watford, but he scored the, the goal. and it was nice having a centre forward who could move for a bit, to be honest, because Salomon Rondon is, I mean, I'm not even going to get into it. Um, but um, so I think he'll come in and, and, and play up front. I think you'll see um, Gordon, Gray, and Townsend behind him. Uh, Andy Gordon was probably the, the one main bright spark on on Saturday against Watford. Look, looked really good. Probably his best performance in the Premier League for Everton. Um, still a youngster developing. And then in midfield, yeah, I think it'll be. Alan and, and Davis again, but you know, not really a natural partnership. Two lads who, who can't really run, if we're being honest. Um, I think, do you know, I, I just just sort of I was thinking before I came on here that remember we spoke a couple of years ago about Everton's midfield. I think mm. it was before that 3 0 game where Everton were just utterly abject. Yeah. I remember saying to yeah, you at yeah, that yeah. point, so I'd have. I'd have all five or six wall centre midfielders before Everton. Well, they're, they're still the same players, Matt. To be honest, I'm, I'm just, uh, well, yeah, but is still there. You know, I'd still, I'd still have any any of Wolves' lads ahead of, ahead of ours. You know, because they're just abysmal. But um, yeah, Gomez is injured as well, so he won't play. Gabaman is the invisible man. He's been in the squad, but he won't play. 
So it'll be Davis and Alan. And then your back four is going to be probably Coleman, uh, Keane Godfrey, and, and Luca Dean, who's been utterly abysmal the last few weeks as well. So um, the, the only change he might make is he, he maybe could bring in Mason Holgate somewhere and go to a back three. Um, but I, I don't think there'll be many changes from the game against Watford at, at the weekend because. Everton haven't got players good enough, haven't got players fit enough, and I don't think they've got players the manager necessarily trusts either. Perfect. Well, we'll round off with a score prediction. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we love them. We love to do them. Well, what I mean, it's what well, I've got no idea, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm not even potentially fourth about how Everton might get on in this game. Um, but at least Richard, your weekend won't be ruined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Richardson says to play well against Wolves, doesn't he? He's got quite a good mm-hmm. record against you guys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I might go for one all. I might go. For, I might go for one all. I think Wolves will, will control possession. We'll have the majority of the chances, but I think Everton have got it in them to to, to nick a goal. So I'll go for the draw. Well, perfect. Um, I suppose we should end on a positive note. Uh, Ronald Koeman has been sacked by Barcelona. So there you go, Matt. It, it sees, that will see you through to, to the end of the week. It won't be too sad. It was absolutely mad at the weekend seeing two former failed Everton managers in charge of the two teams in the biggest match in, in world football, wasn't it? The Classico, you know. People, people come to this football club do an absolutely terrible job and fall upwards. And the mad thing is, I've, 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 <laughs> so true. I've seen Roberto Martinez's name potentially being linked with replacing him this morning. Just like, oh, really? This is an absolutely mad fever dream. Yeah, but I like think, said, I just, yeah, just to finish on the, your your tweet, um, uh, a West Ham trophy under Moyes and an Everton bottom half finish under Benitez would be very, very on brand for the Toffees, wouldn't it? I think that is a that's a great note to end on. Yeah, just, you know, I'm, 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 yeah. I think I think fans think that they are that football club that always, you know, plays the fool and. That's the player that mm-hmm. has scored for, for, for weeks scored against yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's Everton. We, we, <laughs> we, we, we are that football club, honestly. Jo- Josh King last scored at Everton, last scored a Premier League goal before the weekend when he was playing against Everton for Bournemouth. He came to Everton for six months. We paid his wages, didn't get an opportunity, didn't start a game. And then his first mm-hmm. game back at Goodison Park, banging in a hat-trick. There you go. It's the Everton story. Well, look, Matt, best of bad luck, of course, for Monday night, and we will catch up with you later on in the season. Absolutely, mate. Cheers for having me on. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Everton had a really weird one last weekend because I think they they pretty much did an us against Watford, actually, and they were winning in the 80th minute and lost uh, (laughs) 5-2 to a very, very poor Watford side. You know, they've haven't pulled up any trees. I think they haven't been good at all this season so far. But um Josh King came back to haunt them hat trick as you just heard with Matt there um former Everton players coming back to haunt them uh, Jack this is looks like it could be a tasty game there seems to always be goals Wolves versus Everton it could be tasty yeah and it's another one probably the way the season's been going and like we we're just saying about the way the table's shaping up it's quite open I can't really call it's one of those that could go either way mm. the thing I'm sort of worried about is the fact we haven't had a um sort of a really bad result for since Brentford really so we're probably due one so I'm a bit worried about this one um and also I think there was a stat that we don't do very well on Monday nights usually one in ten yeah the last yeah one in ten UB40 right yeah okay so and also I've mixed that with how we didn't do very well in the early kickoff against Brentford I'm a bit worried but it's all about how they respond really I mean that's yeah. a freak result isn't it really especially mm-hmm. to to be winning against Watford and lose 5-2 so you think they'd get a response uh, at the same time, it depends how disappointed we are about not holding out against Leeds. So it's a difficult game, difficult game, but it's winnable for either team. 
Um, Harry, the thing that we don't want to see is Richarlison come back in. Matt Jones reckons that he will. It's going to be Richarlison versus Cody. Has Cody ever won that battle? <sighs> no, so. he always scores, doesn't he, Richarlison? So yeah. you, you guarantee he will score. Um, on this game, because they've lost their last two, haven't they? But they're still eighth in the league ahead of us. So it's going to be a toughie. But you'd think after seeing them get absolutely smashed by Watford, who we beat quite easily 2-0, didn't we? You'd think we're going to win, wouldn't you? And we're at home. Monday night, you've got you've got to be looking for the win here. Famous last words, but come on, I think we're going to win this game. And I think we will. They've changed the manager, haven't they? Since then, Watford, so maybe that's made a difference. I don't. Yeah, know. maybe. Well, they got maybe smashed against Liverpool, Liverpool, but I suppose Liverpool smash everyone, don't they? So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. Man United. They did no worse, no worse than Man United. Yeah, it was five 0 as well. Yeah. So um, Bayless Benitez back in the dugout at Molineux. I'm interested in this game. It's one of those that if you were just a normal football fan doing your weekend accumulator. It's the one like you really like 15 deep one where you're like a oh, bug roll. Oh God, it's 100 like grand. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd avoid this game like the plague, wouldn't you? You would, it, you just wouldn't go near it. I might have it on my four draws. <laughs> yeah, draw would be the sensible pick, I think, out of mm. the three, but it's one of those where they could react well, come back, do us 2 0, like a Brentford style one, or Wolves push on, annoyed as the other lads have said, with drawing the last second, and we go and do them 2 0. It's it's the widest open fixture, I think, of the year for us so far. Yeah, I think that's a good chat. Uh, Harry, any changes from Leeds? It's got to be Neves back in, hasn't it? I'd keep eight Nori, left wing back, even if Marcel's fit. And then pretty much as you were, although I did think um, Traore was very quiet, I thought, against Leeds uh, for me. I didn't yeah, think I he did much, but I think I'd still put him in there because obviously as we, when we, we know when he's on it, he could be a match winner. So, yeah. Um, we, I don't know what's going on with Bolly. He wasn't even on the bench, was he? So, very strange on there. I think, yeah, probably just Neves in. Someone say he was sick, Bolly. I don't know if he's injured or whether he was he was ill. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Not strange. strange. Uh, Maybe he went and had a curry at that place where you went to, Bayless. <laughs> Still not right after that. <laughs> I've never been so thin. Um, Harry, just on the point of Neves, was it in for Dendonka, I presume? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be for Dendonka, yeah. Matinho um, uh, weren't great either, but I think he was better at the two. Jack, any changes? Is this um, yes? Any changes? I don't know. His opponents pushing for a start, maybe. I, I don't know because I agree that I mean Troy was quiet against Leeds, uh, but a difficult game when we're not attacking really. But yeah, I'd, I agree with the guys. I'd like to see Nevers come in, and I would like to see Bolly come back in at some point. As I know we've said in previous weeks, just because. Uh, Sace always makes a mistake or does something, you know, could have could have got sent off or so I just have more confidence in Bolly overall. Nothing against Sace, I just, you know, he's done well so far this season. But uh, I think if we're playing our strongest centre-backs, then Bolly should be should be one of them, really. Bayliss? Yeah, definitely the Neves, as, as they've said. I think I would start Pedence over Traore and bring Traore yeah. on at 60 minutes, give him half an hour run at them. I think that's actually one thing we haven't spoken about yet. In any of the pods, how bad Wolves substitutions have been. I agree with that. We seem late, ten, always so we seem late. Ten late. minutes late on the game. So like, late, I agree. We were. I was in the stands at the Villa game, saying, "Gotta change it now. Gotta change it now." And it was literally two minutes later they scored their second. Now, yeah, stars aligned and we did something ridiculous, but we do seem to be ten minutes behind the game in the second half with subs. Is it? Um, do you think it's a Portuguese thing? Because Nuno was the same. 
Maybe it's just like a Portuguese style. Yeah, they just don't they want to change ten it, minutes or they leave it way too late. Yeah. Well, they are they're they're an hour hour in front, aren't they? In Portugal, so <laughs> they should be making them after fifteen minutes. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, um, it is. Um, just on the subs, it is a it is a bit of an issue. That's probably the only issue I've got with Bruno at the moment because obviously he's got us playing all right, but these late subs has got to change. He's got to change. He's got to be more brave, any and change it. It's the ability to change your game rather than react yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very reactionary at the moment, isn't it? That's the thing. And I think with the games that we haven't done so well or we have lost this season have been, I think, that the other manager has out-tacticked him. I think the only example I can think of where he did kind of make the right decision was Watford away when he brought on Huang and Pedence. That was, I think, one came on earlier than the other. But that's yeah, one crap. that shoots to mind where... Yeah, they are yeah. crap, but I think that's one that shoots to mind where it actually worked and the game got changed and we scored. So. Well, Villa did work, really, because he brought Pedence on. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. When but the game was uncomfortable. Yeah. But it should have yeah. been earlier, shouldn't it? Even should've though it did I... work, it could have it could have. And to be fair, when when you have Pedence on the pitch, you know that you're going to get a good delivery from a corner as well. Because Debatable. it's, it's He's first not two players. First front man against Villa. First two <laughs> yeah, but they are quite a lot bigger than him, Harry. You got yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like playing with a, a larger ball. Under 10, isn't it? I'll ask, <laughs> yeah. you, guys, I'll ask you guys something. When you think about the Villa game and the end of it, do you still smirk to yourself? Yes, I'm not, not really, <laughs> not really, because you had my ticket. So. <laughs> that's why he smirks. I think maybe that's why we. I didn't care that much about Leeds, really, because I was just thinking, ah, doesn't matter. Last week was still great. Who cares? Yeah, so, brilliant. I can ride that for a couple of weeks, but yeah. I think the thing with Bruno is sometimes the fans, particularly in the ground, can see that it's not working. And everyone's like, "This isn't working," particularly when you're talking about players like Troy or A or whoever it mm-hmm. might be, and it does just take. That little bit longer, I think, for Bruno to change stuff. And when you've got the subs, and if they're going to change the amount of subs as well, because there's talk about the five subs coming back in again, isn't there? We're going to change that, which will help obviously Man City and Liverpool. Um, then you know you can't be just not making a change until 89 or, or whatever it is. I know it's That's about it, 75 yeah. minutes he, he brought opponents on, wasn't it? But the last two were just like right towards the end, Hoover and uh, Neves. So. Do you think that's down to his maybe lack of managerial experience of not not quite being in a place where he can back himself 100% yet? No, I don't know. No. I think it's obviously just a thing that, you know, he just believes the players on the pitch. Maybe he thinks it takes too long for players to get into the flow or something, or maybe he wants to leave it as late as possible to make the most impact with fresh legs. I don't know. You know even the Newcastle game, when I think he was just about to bring Traore on quite early because we got the second, he didn't, did he? And he brought him on like the 89th minute. Just little things like that. I don't know. Honestly, I actually think it's like a Portuguese managerial trait. I don't know. I don't want to be... Uh, What's it called? Nationalist. Nationalist. Heineken's kicking. Because Nuno is exactly the same. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. Um, score prediction, Bayliss. One all draw. Harry. Nil, nil. Oh, God, imagine. Uh, Jack. 2-1 Everton. To be honest, oh, don't because oh. you always get it right. You've been right ninety percent of the time. You had, you had time one this for Leeds, season. didn't you, Jack? I had one, you one had for Leeds. One. Yeah. yeah, I said two, yeah, two, two, two to Villa, which was close. Yeah. Like you were far close. off. No? <laughs> yeah, you're on target on that one. Um, and obviously for me, two one. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Yeah, sorry, I was um, actually looking for some bets that we put on the other week. It's really uninteresting, unfortunately, because the specials aren't up yet because with the Monday night game. Much and too much. 
much too young. Yeah. Very good. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, go. One, one for the older viewers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, 2 1, Huang first goal, 28 to 1. Crap, no. short. 1 0 Wolves, Sace to get the goal because he always gets one uh, when they when they happen. 55 to 1. <laughs> he gets one when he scores. He gets one at, at some point. He gets one. Um, <laughs> one that I do actually fancy Richardson to score first, but Wolves yeah. to win 3 1. 175 to 1. Wow. There's your value. There's a value. Play Richardson, to be I think there's a feeling that he is, yeah. Nice and thing, then yeah. the one-all draw, Semedo to get the first goal. Yeah, big bucks is it? Oh, I don't know. It seems quite short. Two fifty. Two fifty. I'll go one seven five. One seven five. One sixty to one. One sixty to one. But I, I think if you keep it on the betting apps and um, give it till after the Saturday three o'clock, so there'll be way better odds on there than that. So sorry uh, for wasting has. two minutes of your time. Jack has your ticket news. <laughs> Um, there's not a lot to say, guys, to be honest. There's a few singles knocking about for Everton, but obviously you need to be a member to purchase them under the new ticketing rules. But if you do want to go and don't mind paying 50 quid for the Billy Wright, then uh, there is a chance to do that. Obviously, it's Monday night, 8 o'clock. It's not the most favourable kickoff time, which is probably why there's a few left. Um, apart from that, there's actually a under-23s game against West Brom, which is free for season ticket holders on the 5th of November. People want to get down for that, which is a Friday night. Um uh, apart from that, there's not much to say, really. Palace, the away game is sold out. Uh, sold out to members on 1,050, or season ticket holders on 1,050 points, I should say. And I think the West Ham game, the home game on the 20th of November, is pretty much sold out as well now, to be honest. I, I reckon the, we're uh... going to beat Palace as well, and instead we're going to have to watch a drunk bloke with a big nose shout, Jenny at everyone for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> uh, I'm talking yeah. of... Um, I missed that bloody... I was meant to go to that open training session today, weren't I? Because obviously I went to London. I didn't go. But you ditched, you ditched taking your son to Bonnie for the first time yeah, to go get pissed and play poker. London's that is poker. so Harry. <laughs> It's such a Harry thing to do. Nah, last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, can't can't complain. Uh, excellent. Right, okay. Um, what what were we looking at next? There was something I was going to talk about, which was um, I saw an article today, BBC Sport, and it was talking about the Newcastle owner, uh, the takeover. I know we've talked a lot about Newcastle recently, but it got me thinking because uh, it says Newcastle takeover. Do they need to spend a billion pounds to reach the Champions League? And I thought, well. Probably. Uh, but I wondered if if we turn it into a Wolves question, is how much do you think Wolves would need to spend realistically to get into the top four? Um, do you think it would be, it would take a billion well, pounds? We're nearly 300 there. million. We're nearly there. If we, if we'd have won against Leeds, we would have, would have been fifth. Would have been fifth. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we need a good five or six players, I reckon. Solid. Yeah. Good players and... What you're talking on average of twenty odd million each, so more than, more that. than that, maybe fifty. You'd have to go. You need like five yeah. world beaters, really. So you? yeah, we're talking <laughs> six hundred million. So <laughs> with <laughs> well, with our transfer records, I mean, Silver and Tomato were pushing the forty million mark, weren't they each? So um, you know, I don't, a billion a billion sounds like a lot, doesn't it? I mean, Newcastle wouldn't need that much of an overhaul, would they? They spent three hundred already on buying it. Oh, I see well, what you mean. Like, yeah, well, yeah, true. Yeah. true. I mean, Newcastle Newcastle will need a complete overhaul. How many players really do you think are top four players in their team? Saint Saint Maximum, maybe. Maximum. Um, and what else? Wilson. Arguably, <laughs> Wilson. but I think he maybe is like a, a, a bench striker. Did you see his goal against Palace? Wilson. Um, no. The overhead kick. 
Oh my god! Like, You've got to watch. The, it the other thing you have to consider is it's not just buying them; it's having the the cash available to pay them each week to get the Champions League quality players. Yes, so, that, yeah, that's, a, that's a and also point. the Champions League quality stadiums and facilities and all that jazz. Maybe they'll I mean, we need to spend Traore two three hundred million on the ground. He had signed a new contract, is he? By the looks of it, Traore, he'd be gone in January. Really dragging his knuckles on that one because yeah. he could be. Well, this. I suppose the thing with Newcastle, though, is also it, they can't just go and buy those players straight away because, it, especially if they're still in the bottom three, like in January, yeah, it's, yeah. Still, it's a massive risk, isn't it? If you're if you're thinking, oh, I want Champions League football, but I could be playing the Championship next year reasonably, because... especially with the other clubs hating them, they're going to hold them to ransom on transfer fees. They want Cody, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if they say we'll pay twenty million for Cody, Wolves just go third. So they kind of You've have to go money. rather than well, rather than going straight for the Champions League, they probably need to go right. What's going to make us? mid-table or a lower mid-table established before they can make that next step up, really. So they can't just go straight away and buy Messi, to be honest. I'd love him to go down. It'd be so funny. It would be quite funny, though. They still haven't won, have they? Still haven't won. So just if that keeps going on to Christmas, they haven't won a game by Christmas, then they're going to be going down. They're so lucky that Norwich are They are crap as well, aren't they, Norwich? My God. So poor. Their record's... Isn't their record like worse than Derby's at this point? Yeah, when Derby finished on like hardly any points. But Derby, they won their one that they won, didn't they? By now, yeah, they, they beat, beat Newcastle. Yeah, Kenny Miller scored, didn't Kenny Miller, yeah, yeah. bloody yeah, I remember that. Yeah, flashback. Yeah. Ran from in his side his own half, I think, from from memory. There you go. The big long Ranger, wasn't it? It was like from miles out. I remember. He, he was. He was. He was on. He bought him from Rangers actually. Um, excellent. <laughs> right, we will leave, <laughs> we will leave it there uh, for this week. Unless anybody else has any uh, burning desire to add anything. Would you sell Cody questions. to Newcastle if they offer twenty million? That's my burning yes. question. Well, not it, I think he's our main I, man. So. No, <laughs> I, you've always spoken favourably. No, to be honest, I, I think I think as long as you, you were we were reactive enough. It depends when it was. If it was in January, probably not. If it was next summer, then yes. And can't then... him in January. We'll have, just be Max Kilman playing at the back on his own. <laughs> he can do it. It's fine. He used to play futsal and speaks fluent Russian. What more do you want? <laughs> He's Ukrainian, isn't he? I think. Uh, 40 million, Martin spoke? Webb said. 40 yeah. million for Cody. 30, I think I... you'd take. Although he is worth more than Savedo, so it's got to be more than 33.6 million. I actually hey. didn't know that. But just going back to Max Kilman, I didn't realise that both his parents are Ukrainian. So he... He wanted to play for the Ukrainian national team, but they turned it down because he played futsal for at England level, which is a bit stupid, I oh. think. Like because they, he might get um, into England. Shevchenko's tried to call him up, but um, he got blocked by FIFA. Fun fact for you, I didn't know that. Um, oh, FIFA blocked Ukraine. I thought you meant Ukraine didn't go for him because he played. No, 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 no. But Ukraine wanted him. Shevchenko tried to call him up, but he got blocked by FIFA, which they Try probably didn't pay him more money. Not big enough brown envelope, is there? I think it's funny. <laughs> but, um, what's his name? Um, Bereton from Blackburn, who's like playing for Chile now. <laughs> Have you seen that? Ben Bereton, he's like, because he's, he's, wow. he's got a uh, Chilean on his mother's side. He's now, wow. can't speak any Spanish, but he goes and plays for Chile and he scored the other week. <laughs> like, Did he? Yeah, yeah. You're not listening about that, the Blackburn. Man. It. It's uh, a holiday. It's quite, it? it's quite funny. He could be in the, uh, playing the World Cup, but playing for Chile. Listen, oh, right. If, if Cody can get into the England squad, there's no reason why Kilman can't, in my opinion. That's not a dig at Cody, by the way. No, but he's no, got no, a couple no. more years of proving it. Maybe this season and a bit of next before he'll get a call up to play against the Faroe Islands. Well, after this season and the bit of the next will be the World Cup. This, mm. And David Beckham is the ambassador. 
I saw that. Yeah, Simon Jordan yeah. on TalkSport was absolutely hammering him for it, wasn't it? What's he the ambassador for? He's like he's going to be the face of the World Cup. They're going to pay him a shit ton of money. Uh, and so he hates gays and Jews as well, then, doesn't he? Well, that's what he was saying. Is that there was like a little bit of a murky area of where your priorities like what you're representing? <laughs> yeah. Is it pretty, pretty open? Like go there, kiss a bloke, get your head cut off. Yes, yeah, <laughs> murkiness in it. Uh, I mean, like, well, I'm, oh. And on that bombshell. <laughs> For wasn't Dan there, gets um, sorry, into, sorry, um, in a working game. Wasn't there a, um, a player in the Australian league as a first like soccer or football player to come out as gay? He's today? the only yeah. male pro footballer in the world that is brave. That playing line, is that gay? Yeah. Well, I thought, be brave, I'll be honest. Really? By now, I thought there'd be a few in the Prem that would come out by now. It's bound to I be a lot of time, really. isn't it? Wasn't yeah. um, the ex Villa player? Uh, was it Hitzelsberger? Hitzelsberger. He came out in the after he returned, but. Yeah, it's a tough one. Not really. Just what's that? Just to, it's not really a tough one. People just stop to, need to stop being cunts. Yeah, but no, like, it's tough <laughs> to play, though, isn't it? No, because they know that you. We know what the football. You know, we've seen all the stuff of the Black Lives Matters. You know the stick they're going to get, don't you? In the ground, I had it at Brighton away. We, I had to have a go at someone behind us, didn't they? Were you with me, Jeff? Yeah, I think they thought that we were a couple down. I'm not going to lie. I did. That's going to give you a stone. Well, I think we should definitely leave it there. Uh, we'll say <laughs> goodbye to Harry Mansell. See you, everyone. He's made it through. Uh, Jack Williams. Bye, everybody. Dan Bayliss. My Wolves fans. And it is a goodbye for me. Goodbye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.